0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for April 28, 2013. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Um, it's a familiar one to me. It's the very first lesson I preached on when I moved here almost 20 years ago. So it's one that I know well, where we talked about how the beginning was to love one another. As I thought about that this week, it reminded me of the story of the, the priest who had gone to a new parish, and when he got there, he got up his very first Sunday to preach. And he stood up and he said, Jesus said, love one another. As I have loved you, so you should love one another. And then he sat down. Well, the people went, that was pretty short. But who's complaining, Right? <laughs> And so they thought, well, that's going to give us something to think about. So the next Sunday, he gets up, and they're waiting to see what he's going to say, and he stands up and he says, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, so you should also love one another. And he sat down again. Everybody kind of was looking around puzzled, thinking, well, that's odd. That's what he preached last week. But hey, we got the breakfast early, so it's not too bad. The third week, he got up and did the same thing. Well, now they're really getting kind of curious about, I mean, he's their new rector. What are they going to say, you know? And so the fourth Sunday comes by, he gets up, and he says the same thing, and and they're really starting to be concerned. So they talk to the vestry. Because <laughs> there was a vestry meeting and that week, and so when, when he went to the vestry meeting, they said, Father, we, we, we need to ask you a question. He said, sure, what? And they said, every Sunday you've preached the exact same sermon. You just keep telling us that Jesus said, love one another as he's loved us. Every Sunday, it's all you say. He goes, well, I know you had not gotten that part right yet. I didn't think I ought to move on. (laughs) There's a couple of issues about that. Um, One is that it's sad that he's right, that all too often the church doesn't get that right at all. Um, We totally miss the point, and we kind of skim over it. God says, love everybody, so that means I don't really have to worry about it. The other part that's kind of sad about it, for the preacher anyway, is that he didn't bother to tell him how you get there, did he? He didn't tell him, so what's that like? And to do that, you really need to kind of unpack what the story is telling us. If if you remember here that a couple of weeks ago, Jesus was had seen a Peter after the resurrection. And he says to him, Peter, do you love me? Do you remember that story? And in that, he... He's using a different word for love than what the word that Peter is using is. The word that Jesus is using is agape, to self-sacrifice, to give over totally. And Peter, in responding to him, telling him that he does love him, is using the word philia, which is about how he feels about Jesus. The word agape really is not about how you feel. It's about what you are willing to give. It's not a feeling at all. It's an action. Matter of fact, a lot of times it's described as love inaction. You know, how do you think Jesus felt about the Roman soldier who spit in his face as he was dying on the cross for him? Do you think he wanted to snuggle? Probably not. And just think, as he was hanging on that cross, dying for the sins of the world, he was dying for the sins of the whole world, even those who hadn't even lived yet. Horrible people. You know, he was dying for serial murderers, for dictators who oppressed and killed people. He was offering that to anyone who would be willing to come to him and repent and turn to him for life. Now, I don't think he particularly liked those people. What was their like? But he chose to give of himself anyway. And one of the great sadnesses of the church in our day is that I don't know that we're really known for that anymore, that we love one another, that we really, you know, sacrifice for one another. Typically what happens when we think of loving one another, that just means that the, we go revert to the 11th commandment, you know the 11th commandment, don't you? Thou shalt be polite, um, meaning that heaven forbid that we should ever offend anyone. Or get them upset. And yet, did Jesus seem to worry about that? You know, did Jesus wander around? He only said very kind things to people and sweet. I mean, he was such a nice guy. No. I mean, they don't really crucify nice guys, do they? Instead he told them the truth. Now he did it in love. He didn't, you know, tell them the truth out of anger or because he didn't like them, or because he wanted to hurt them. He told them the truth because he wanted them to have the opportunity to have real life. And yet, is that a hallmark of the church? Do we tell one another the truth? Not really. What do we do when somebody makes us mad? You can talk about somebody else. I know you don't want to talk about yourself. <laughs> A lot of times, though, we just stay away from them, don't we? We avoid them. You know, we just, sometimes people even switch church services. Sometimes they switch whole churches, you know, because I don't want to be around them. They're terrible people. They're awful. And we we try to get away from them. Is that speaking the truth in love, or is that avoidance? Do you think Jesus would have done it that way? But said, I don't think I want to go around those Pharisees anymore. They're not very nice. Probably not. You know, we end up being so concerned about offending someone, and and I really have to ask this, why? Why are we so terrified that we might make somebody angry? Now, let me ask you, have any of you ever not made anyone angry? I mean, have anyone you lived your whole life and not made anyone angry? And look at this, you're alive to tell about it. It's amazing, isn't it? So what is it we're so afraid of? conflict, but why? You know, we don't generally die from it, but we seem to be terrified of it happening. And part of it is that we tend to think of ourselves as God. Now, we wouldn't say that because we follow the 11th commandment and that wouldn't be polite. But we really do, don't we? That we feel that somehow or other I might be responsible for them feeling that way. And I don't like that. And that's being gone. I mean, we really think somehow or other we can get into somebody's body, manipulate their mind and their feelings so that they feel certain ways, you know, rather than letting them take responsibility for it themselves. And we do get help because a lot of times other people would like for us to take responsibility for how they feel because that way they don't have to, particularly if they're negative feelings. I, don't like that. I can remember when I was a little kid, I used to get angry. You know, my mom wouldn't let me do it. I'm mad at you. You made me mad. And my mom said, well, you got mad, you can get glad again. Now, As I've gotten older, she's gotten smarter because that's actually true. Um, if, if I get mad, I get to choose whether or not I want to be glad. I can stay mad. And some people do that. Some people hold grudges for decades against people. But who do they really hurt when they do that? themselves because they're all wrapped up in this and 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 now they've got another problem because if you do this with very many people what do you think it's going to be like for you at the pearly gates god's not going to let you in there if you won't speak to half the people that are there you're going to have to fix all that that could take a while (laughs) so why are we adding to it all the time You know, and even with individuals, if we just keep having conflicts with the same person over and over again, you have to go through all that stuff again. I mean, is it really worth it? Probably not. And it really has to do with that we've gotten it confused with what Jesus is talking about here. The love that he tells us to have for one another has nothing to do with how you feel about one another. Anyone who has ever been in any family knows that you don't always feel good about your family. You know, there are days when you don't feel good about your spouse, when you don't feel good about your kids, when you don't feel good about your parents, when you don't feel good about your siblings. You know, there are some days you just like to send them all back. Wherever that might be. And you wonder what in the world have I done? Why have I got myself into this? But it's not about how you feel. It's about giving of yourself for their benefit. Not because you like them, but because you're, you love them. And what's even more so about it that's interesting is that when we look at this, when Jesus said, love one another, did he say, you know, before I leave, guys, you're not going to be able to come, so I have a suggestion for you? Know what he said? Want to give you a suggestion? What did he say? What does command mean? Hmm? You order. So just think about it. Every time that you decide to write somebody off, you're defying Jesus Christ himself. There's something else i got to deal with before I can get in. I mean, and we do this all the time so cavalierly. You know, one of the things about the early church that it was known for, even among the pagans, was how much they loved each other. They were astounded at what these Christians would do for one another. And they even wrote about it. It's part of what helped spread Christianity throughout the Roman world. Do you think that's what Christianity is really known for today? Is how much we love one another? Probably not. If you talk to a person who doesn't go to church and doesn't want to go to church, I don't think their first thought about the church was, man, you go there and they truly care about you, deeply. And they care about you no matter where you come from. They love you. That doesn't really happen, does it? So is it any wonder that people no longer know that we're his disciples? You know, how can they? We don't even get along with each other. And yet he says clearly in this passage that that will be the hallmark by which people will know that we follow Jesus. Because we do what he ordered us to do. We love one another. And when we love one another, it doesn't mean we have to like each other. You know, there are some of you who, quite honestly, are easier to like than others. Some of you might think that way about me, but that's only because you don't know me very well. But, but that doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, you, know, you don't have to go out and have dinner tonight, you know, every, every night together or anything. Nobody's asking you to be best friends and bosom buddies and all that sort of stuff. But they are saying, love one another. You work for the building up of the whole. And if we as the church are willing to take that command seriously, then we can truly begin, begin once again to be known as the church of Jesus Christ. And until then, people are not going to look at us this way. Because it won't matter if we have great programs, if we have great preaching, if we have wonderful liturgy, you know, if we just do the most exciting things and if they come in and it's cold or they come in and, and the love that they feel at the initial moment doesn't last then they'll leave and people will remember that and the word will go out it's important that we love one another it's really one of the it's half of the basis for the existence of the church You know, there are really two Things that could sum up the whole mission of the church. One is the great commandment, which is what this is. The second one is the great commission to go into all the world proclaiming the good news. Another thing the church is often known for. You know, we aren't often known for telling people good news. We're often known for telling people how wretched they are. But we're not often known for telling people the good news of God's forgiveness and transforming power. If we want to be the church... If we want to be known as Jesus' disciples, then we have to begin to live those things. We have to be willing to speak the truth and love to one another, both the things that people want to hear and the things that people don't want to hear. And the the interesting thing about it is is that if I truly believe that you care about me, not that you like me, but that you care about my well-being, it makes it much easier for me to hear criticism. If I think you don't care about me, It makes it much harder to hear criticism. We've got to begin to take that seriously. Because if we don't, what we will see is exactly what's happening in the world out there. It is insane. You know, crazy stuff goes on. Because there's nobody to show them a different way, is there? Well, whose job is that? You think we can pass enough laws to make sure that everybody got it right? Probably not. I mean, couldn't possibly do that. So, well, maybe it's, maybe it's um, Congress's job to be the model of how they love one another and how they should, we should treat what, what you're not optimistic. Or maybe we'll give it to the president. Or maybe we should give it to the United Nations. That's a big group, right? Or maybe the state. The state should run it, right? Who, who's supposed to do it? The schools, they ought to do it. Well, whose job is it? Well, whose job did Jesus give it? Who did Jesus give the job to? The church, us. And so, no matter where we go, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much money you earn, no matter how good you are at sports, no matter how you know how energetic you are, no matter how whatever you are, charismatic you are, if you do not love, you're nothing. Paul says you're like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You're like an alarm clock that won't shut off. Just annoying. So as we try to live into the resurrection that that we say that we've inherited, it is vital that we begin to love one another. Now you might say, well, how do I do that? That was what was missing in that guy's sermon, right? Well, the way you do it is by surrendering yourself to Jesus Christ. Because as near as I can tell, he's the only one who ever really did it perfectly. And what do you do if you forget and mess up? Turn around, come back, do it again. I guess you could say, oh, well, I didn't make it, so now I'm going to go out and be mean to people. That would be helpful. Yesterday I pulled out of the uh, St. Luke's Ministry Center leaving the synod. And as I was pulling out, I, the guy was coming up the road real fast, and I didn't really realize how fast he was coming. So when I pulled out, he was about ran over me um, in the car. Well, first thing he did was lay on the horn as loud as he possibly could, because that seems to be a popular driving method up here. Um, but, and then he's sitting, and I in my mirror, and he's, um, he's giving me a one-fingered salute. And I was, Jesus, Judy goes, do you think he knows you're a priest? And I said, I have no idea, nor am I sure it would make any difference if he did. <laughs> and what was really hilarious about it was that he was flying up this road, and I got three car lengths before I had to stop because traffic was backed up. <laughs> so I mean, he would have gotten two more car lengths ahead if he, that much faster. And this guy was really, really angry for a long time. matter of fact, when we finally got on the road, he went around me and took off. And I thought, gee, you know, is life really that hard, buddy? Is it really that important? I don't know if he ever saw I was a priest, nor do I know if he would have cared. But should it matter? No. So what would a lot of people have done if this guy was doing this? They would have saluted him right back, yeah. Some of them might have gotten out of the car with, with a bat or a gun. I mean, we could have road rage right there. But, you know, that's not what we're called to be, is it? We're called to love one another. Now, why does Jesus start with the disciples? Because you need a place to practice. And one of the things I found in the church is that God provides all the people right here that you will need to really learn how to do it well. There will be people who will be, you'll find very easy to love and get along with. There will be people here who you will find a little more challenging. Um, and there will be people that you will be pulling your hair out, wondering why God gave you that person to love. And it's because you need the work the practice makes perfect. Because if we truly want to be the disciples of Jesus Christ, we have to love one another. Not like each other, love one another. And if we don't, then the truth is we truly have no right to call ourselves as followers. Amen. You are just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.